Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Market Bites. I'm Sam. And I'm Josh. And we're here to break down three of the hottest financial events that happened this week, so you can keep your finger on the pulse. Whether you're on your way to work, at the gym, or wherever and whenever you have the time to get updated. So, are you ready? Let's get into it. This podcast is for information and education purposes only and should not be taken as investment advice, a personal recommendation or an offer of or solicitation to buy or sell any financial instruments. This material has been prepared without taking into account any particular investment objectives or financial situation and has not been prepared in accordance with the legal and regulatory requirements to promote independent research. Past performance is not an indication of future results. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Market Bites podcast, a special one. Though we got the dream team back, the tremendous trio, myself, Josh, and Ben. Josh, Ben, how are we? I'm good. Ben's back for three weeks in a row. He's becoming a regular now. Yeah, good. Thanks, thanks for hyping it up. Like, no expectations. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've, we've got the, the, the latest retail investor beat today, so I'm looking forward to that. We've also got uh, a stock break uh releasing this week we've got the quarterly free uh preview update which will release next week uh as well josh what is the the stock break on uh it is on checkpoint sam so following on from your uh very good interview uh with ceo gil shuet uh we're breaking down checkpoint so yeah um add those two together and i think you, you have everything you need to know there about checkpoint software yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to to that one. We've also got a uh, a trader talks drop in at the back end of the week, which is about dealing with losses. Uh, and on the the first page of the presentation is a pic- picture of Brooks Kepka, who of course threw away the Masters to then a couple months later go and win the PGA Championship. So as long as we learn from our losses, we'll be all right. Um, look, Ben, for for to kick us off, then we we've got the latest um, retail investor beat. But before we get stuck into the findings, I, I guess it's always good to start off with just explaining what exactly it is, just in case uh, anyone hasn't come across this uh, podcast or or video on, on YouTube before? Yeah, what are we really talking about? Um, so this is one of the you know biggest and longest lasting retail investor surveys out there um, that I know of anyway. You know, retail investors are more numerous than ever, uh, the moving markets, and basically we want to know what they're thinking. Uh, there are plenty of these surveys out there for institutional investors, but very few surprisingly for retail. So you know, every three months, we ask a third-party polling company to survey 10,000 retail investors across 13 countries, so US to Australia, across Europe, and try and dig into the retail psyche and what they're thinking, what they're thinking, and what they're doing. Yeah, Ben. Well, it makes a lot of sense that we're we're not just leaving the, these surveys to to institutions now with retail investors playing a huge part in in markets than than ever before. So let's kick it off. Um, It's, you know, always really insightful to to sort of get these surveys and to find out a little bit more. Um, But really with this one, we got some interesting findings from retail investor confidence. Um, You know, what were they? What are the reasons for any change that we've seen? Maybe quarter over quarter, we just had US um, consumer confidence overnight that sort of picked up as well. You know, are we thinking that's all sort of linked in there, Ben? So we're seeing retail investor confidence actually falling. Uh, It's falling from very high levels, but it is falling across the board 
frankly, regardless of what indicator you look at, you know, confidence in their investments, confidence in the economic outlook, confidence in their job security, you know, you name it. Um, most starkly, the greatest perceived risk now to people's investments is not inflation. Uh, it's not higher interest rates. It's a it's a home market recession. Um, so this is all, I think, a fairly significant change. Um, and very much in line, I think, with our economic view that a slowdown is actually coming. Um, we've been waiting for it for a long time, uh, but it is a, it's still coming, uh, despite being largely avoided so far. And retail investors are basically starting to brace for this. I don't think it's anything too dramatic, but it definitely leans against sort of some of the narrative, some of the data you're seeing out there in the broader market. Um, retail investors are basically becoming a little bit more cautious. So it's quite interesting on that. And if we just have a zoom out at the charts and, and look at it, certainly for the S&P 500, for example, which most people know the most traded, most invested equity market in the world, it's, it's 20% or above 20% up from uh, its low that we had last year. Now, by some people's definition, that's a bull market. By others, it has to go back to, to reach the, the previous peak. I'm with the first lot, but how are the retail crowd seeing it? Do, do they believe we're in a bull market or is it a bear market rally? How are they seeing it all? So it's very interesting. Uh, retail investors were early back into stocks from the October low. Uh, if you look back at you know the last couple of surveys we've done, that was one of the key, key takeaways. Uh, but they've been contrarian again now and turning a bit more cautious. So just one in 10, so 11% believe that we've entered a new bull market. Uh, and most don't see that actually starting until next year. Now, I think there's two things going on here. One, I think some of this fundamentally reflects you know, caution that this economic slowdown is coming, which we're seeing elsewhere in the survey. But also, I think there's some semantics, which you, know, you alluded to earlier, of what actually is a bull market. <laughs> Uh, is it the 20% rebound we've seen, or is it something sort of more sustainable? You know, do we need to see lower inflation? Do we need to see interest rates sort of being cut? Those are the things that aren't actually coming till next year. And I think the message you're getting from investors is, you know, this rally is all well and good, but we do need some sort of firmer foundations for us to sort of really, you know, believe in it. Um, but then also the context is important. So definitely sentiments becoming, you know, a little bit more cautious, but retail investors are still a pretty positive bunch. You know, they're backing the market, saying they're going to keep investing or invest, you know, more by a factor of three to one versus those that are selling here. So this is a change of degrees, I think, not of, um, you know, not, not a dramatic change. Okay. And we're, we're seeing, as you mentioned there a minute ago, Ben, retail, invest, retail investor confidence fall slightly. We've got some investors now saying that, okay, we're going to see that bull market come, come next year. Um, you know, maybe some uh, not believing that, that we're in one right now. So, so how are investors playing the market then? You know, how, how are we, how are they looking ahead? What's the approach here? Are they favoring any sectors right now, maybe more than others? Yeah, so I, I think you definitely see the contrarian streak sort of continuing into the parts of the world and the sectors are investing in. They're basically running a sort of two-pronged, you know, I call it sort of barbell, you know, barbell strategy. They're still riding those sort of big tech winners that have, have led this year, but they're also looking to sort of scoop up some of those sort of real laggard sectors like commodities and, and like banks that have been the sort of disappointments this year, but are trading pretty cheap. So to put some numbers on this, you know, tech is by far the 
most favoured sector by 30% of investors. But those underperforming, cheaper, sort of real economy sectors, you know, banks favoured by 15%, energy 15%, even real estate um, by, by 12%. And the same goes for some of these regions. Uh, the UK, you know, big underperformer this year, 15% of investors like it. Emerging markets, 15% um, of investors like it. So some of these sort of lagged regions also so reasonably popular. So again, um, this sort of barbell strategy, but also investors, you know, being pretty contrarian as well. I don't know about YouTube, but I actually quite like the sound of what these retail investors are thinking and doing. Um, we'll get your your score out of 10 at the end, Ben. Um, are we seeing an, an increase in them, in these self-directed investors? You know, and also, are, are they important to the overall market in, in, in general? And, and for their reasons of, of getting involved in the first place, what are they? How do they vary? Yeah, I mean, just going back to the reasons we run this survey in the first place, it's sort of shocking to me that um, there's not more attention put on sort of retail investors because it just continues to grow and it's fairly remorseless through the sort of thick and thin of markets. So our survey shows that 23%, so nearly a quarter of retail investors are new to markets in just the last two years. And just think about what's happened in the last two years, right? Markets ha haven't exactly done very well. So I think this really speaks to those sort of broader structural drivers of you know, investors taking control of their financial futures, of the sort of the ease from technology, the free trading, you know, they can go on and on. But I think this is just continues to drive the number of retail investors out there. And you know, they're taking it pretty seriously. You know, we we rather cheekily, one of the questions we ask is, you know, why are you investing? Um, and one of the one of the answers we put in there was fun. So 12% of investors are investing for fun. Um, it may not be very fun the last couple of years, but 12% are investing for fun. But so, you know, the vast, vast majority are taking this pretty seriously and are investing for the long term, 47% to build long term financial security, 36% supplement their income, 35% to, you know, build a retirement fund. I mean, this is all pretty serious stuff. And, and in terms of their importance, um, I was just looking at some numbers from the US Federal Reserve. So the percentage of U.S. household assets in stocks today is basically, you know, it's a quarter. So this includes your house, your car, your, you know, everything. So a quarter of all your assets are in stocks. And that's about 50% higher than long-term average. So again, you know, retail investors continuing to grow more important than ever. Um, and, and I think that, you know, there are real factor in markets today. Okay. And that's interesting. You mentioned 12% are doing it for fun. Um, and then you've got that big oh, chunk of them there that, yes i'm just investing just because i enjoy it just for the fun of it um i'm not sure uh i'm not sure there'd be a, a big bunch of people saying that they, maybe maybe that came from the pandemic maybe people had nothing to do and they thought it was it was fun i mean stocks are fun so um but i, I guess that takes us to the next point which is you know who are they let's talk about sort of the demographics these sort of types of of investors that we're seeing you know what does the average retail investor look like um you know how do they invest you know, do we see any differences between genders and, and so on? Any any interesting findings we can pick up from the demographic side, Ben? Yeah, so the beauty of this survey is, of course, it's just a sort of avalanche of data and you can slice it and dice it, you know, a million different ways. And, and some of the insights are, are really fascinating. So, you know, as a generalization, DIY investors tend to be younger. They tend to be a bit more tech savvy uh, and, and they're investing for the long term. Right. And, and some of this goes against that, you know, that that narrative. Uh, that may be out there in markets. Um, you know, the average retail investor today is 33 years old. 
uh, which is you know, significantly younger than the median population, right, where the average is sort of 40. So all that means uh, is that they have more time in markets. Uh, they can take advantage of this sort of compounding of gains over time. Um, to misquote Albert Einstein, I think he said something along the lines of, you know, this is the greatest sort of gift or, you know, law of finance was that, uh, you know, the compounding of returns over time. So if you start investing when you're 33, um, you know, that, that gives you a real a real edge. Um, you know, 45%, so, you know, a, a, a significant amount believe they're on track with their investment goals, only 12% don't. So again, you know, they're investing for the long term, they seem to have a plan, they seem to be reasonably happy uh, with how it's going. Men, unsurprisingly, seem to be a bit more confident, maybe overconfident uh, than, uh, you know, than women. You know, I can go on and on, but um, as, as I say, generally younger, more tech savvy, you know, investing for the long term, sort of starting, starting reasonably early. Yeah. And and I, I think Einstein supposedly said, I don't know if we actually know he did say this, did he? But uh, that compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. But I use it a lot in my presentations, always with a little asterisk next to it, just in case he didn't say it. But it's true. And obviously starting earlier uh, can be hugely Good quote anyway. beneficial. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Never let the a little lie get in uh in front of a, a good story. Uh, now, our survey is across 13 countries, as we mentioned, um, not necessarily to embarrass anyone, uh, but I guess there must have been some big differences between all of these retail investors. That's a great kickoff, because when you say that, you know you're about to embarrass someone, right? Um, or at least I am. Um, yes. So, so, yes, again, you can, you know, lots of interesting sort of data points in here. You know, US investors, most experienced in the world, you know, nearly half of them have been investing for over a decade. Uh, you look at Romania. It's only 6%. So, you know, huge gulf there. Uh, but uh, Romanians are the most serious when it comes to investing. Uh, maybe because they've just started, but only 3, 3% of them are doing it for fun. Uh, and the Dutch, 29% of the Dutch are doing it for fun. So again, you know, crashing some national stereotypes here. Wow. Um, what are people generally investing? What's their first investment? So the Italians are the most conservative, 32% bonds. Uh, double the world average. Uh, here's one for Josh. Uh, 48% of Australians, Josh an honorary Australian at this point, uh, <laughs> stocks. Uh, that's by far the highest uh, proportion in the world. They must have a great um, analyst. They must have a great <laughs> analyst in Australia talking about stocks. Must they? On. Uh, we're just going to continue on by bashing these national stereotypes here. So Germany, they are the most bullish on tech, maybe because they have no tech stocks. Um, so 35% Germans bullish on tech. Uh, obviously the world's largest sector. That's even ahead of the US, right? It's only 34% in the US. Um, and, and getting a bit more serious, I mean, the the biggest perceived risks also vary a lot by country. And I think tell you a lot about what's going on in these respective uh, countries. So no surprise that, uh, guess what the number one risk is in the UK? It's, uh, it's inflation, because we have the highest inflation in the world. Um, Germany, recession. Uh, Denmark interest rates i think all that's very interesting you know germany obviously you know biggest economy in europe denmark obviously these creaking nordic uh, you know housing markets so again you know very very interesting when you sort of slice and dice the data by uh, by countries by demographic um you know there's, there's definitely some interesting highlights yeah absolutely um so let's piece it all together ben let's let's summarize it all i mean the the, the best summary we're going to get there is that Australia has uh, a great analyst. But other than that, um, how do we feel about this overall report? What do we think some of the key findings that, that sort of really stick out to you are, especially as we go into the second half of the year? 
Yeah, so they're sort of leaning against the bull market narrative. They're a bit more worried about recession. They think it's still coming. Um, they're still being contrarian, though. We are. There's more of them. They're more important than ever. Uh, they're investing for the long term. And um, there's a lot of weird differences between them when you scratch the surface. Yeah. And, and go on, Ben, give us a rating. Give us a rating out of 10 for these retail investors over the last quarter. Well, over the last quarter, I think you've got to, it's pretty high, right? They were early back in, they were long tech, they've already always owned a lot of crypto. They smashed it last quarter. So I don't know. I never give everyone 10, but you know, let's say eight and a half or nine. Well, they'll take that, won't they? Always they room for improvement. <laughs> yes, absolutely. On that note, uh, we'll see you next quarter. Um, I'm sure we'll be together soon uh, again. But Ben, Josh, as always, thank you very much. Thank you. You have been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, use eToro.com.